Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Las Vegas where the UFC is happening. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about it all, and it's time. No holes barred radio, folks. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, COVID, politics, film, TV, UFC, you name it. We talk about it. I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, how are you? I'm good, Buff. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. We've got uh, the Maverick, Michael Chiesa, on later. He's actually in a jiu-jitsu session, so we'll have a sweaty Michael Chiesa on <laughs> as soon as he's done. <laughs> Is that good or bad? I don't know if that makes ratings go up or down. I don't know, but if it helps him uh, in his next battle with Vincent Luque, I think it's the best thing he can do, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Wait, they're fighting again? No, I'm just, you know... I just think personally, Michael is on his way. Well, we, dude, we, hang on. Wait, wait a second. I just want to say that I'd be all for that rematch. I'd be all for that rematch. And, um, you know, he's such a cerebral fighter. You know how he's termed some fighters cerebral. Yeah. But we'll talk about, we'll get into his head on the show about it. But I think he commented too that, you know, it, so much of this game is mental. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. And he realized whatever the mental issue was if there was one at that point and we'll ask him about it when he's on the show what he meant by that because better to hear it from the horse's mouth or the fighter's mouth than anybody right else. I, I really, what did you what did yogi Berra say about baseball like uh, half of baseball is 90 percent mental it's yeah. like wait what what did you just say but but it's true like true. Uh, i think yogi sort of misspoke but that's sort of actually telling when you think about it because everything uh, is mental as it is physical when it's that that highest of highs which is why i don't necessarily argue with you all the time when you say that poker is a sport because you have to mentally be so on to make sure that uh, you're performing your best but at the same time like going back to that yogi quote it's like if you are not um, you know, mentally prepared, you're going to start to think that half of something can be 90% of something because that's how twisted your brain can get. Exactly. But, you know, when you talk baseball, you talk statistics. And if you want to keep track of those statistics, you got to be mental. So yeah. I think there is a lot of mental in yeah. baseball. And also, too, we'll bring this up with Michael, but, like, do you remember that great fight between uh, Chet Congo and Pat Barry? It was, like, just a, a, a great yeah. – right. Like – Vicente Luque and Michael Chiesa had that same fight, but it was with submissions. Like, honestly, like it, it it's not as uh, thrilling as Congo and Barry because it was a knockout and, you know, everyone loves the knockout. But if you're a submission fan, Chiesa and Luque was everything that Congo and Barry was. Uh, interesting um, comparison and absolutely true. Right. Striker to submit submission, you name it, because let's face it, submission game to a lot of people that don't understand or realize a submission game can be a little boring at times. That was one of the issue with the UFC in the early days. Um, I think it culminated in a UFC 33, which was a huge show at Mandalay Bay. We were back on pay-per-view. I had everybody there I could get there from the owner of United Talent Agency, you name it. And every fight went to the ground and every yeah. fight was to us, not boring. No, okay? no. But to the other people watching. Right. And I remember the head of United Talent Agency, and here this is before WME 
many years later bought it for the highest price ever paid for a franchise, right? which is the number two or number one big agency besides UTA. And the owner said to me, Buff, and this is one of my best friends from high school, Buff, I just don't see it. I It was just boring. I'm. We're not can you that. see us now? Yeah, can you see us now? <laughs> That's exactly the way to put it. So we'll get Kiesa on and we'll talk about that. There's a number of stories in the news I want to go over. Obviously, there's some very serious things happening around the world right now. I'm going to go into COVID here for a second. I just got back from Houston, Texas. Met the governor there. He just tested positive for COVID, TJ. The governor of Texas. Wow. And I think the governor of Florida, didn't he get it too? And pardon me if I'm wrong, or maybe he did not. Cousin Ron? No, he did not. I don't think he got it. Here's the man. I'll have to call my aunt and figure it out. Here's a man's mandating. Okay, now again, it's all about choice. And I understand that. But you know what, folks? If we don't get vaccinated, we're going to be going through this for many, many more years. Well, I mean, so, we're going to have to get a booster now, it sounds like. It's guaranteed. It's going to come out. Our CDC already said it, I think, yesterday. Yep. Eight months after your vaccine, you got to get boosted. I'm already scheduled for November. Um, yep. Well, did you hear about Saul Solis? No, what? Saul Solis passed away. Really? From COVID. Do you remember Saul? He was a, a oh, coach yeah, of Tito yeah. Ortiz. That's like John McCarthy put a tweet out about it. Right. Uh, based in Houston. Um, yeah. You know, really, really sad. Uh, situation. I've, I've, you know, taken a, a flight with Saul in the past, and you know, always a very nice guy, super accommodating to to people like me. They're always asking annoying questions, uh, uh, whether you win or lose. You know, we're always trying to get that interview. And uh, yeah, Saul, just fifty five years old. Uh, it, that one, you know, I wasn't close with Saul. I'm not trying to say that like no, this he, rattled me on a, on a personal level because we were buddies. But when you know someone and you you know open up the internet and find out they passed away from COVID and they're only 50 55 years old, Bruce, like that makes you think. Well, I'll tell you what makes it think, especially at 64, which I am. Okay? Right. Um, and again, my condolences go out to Sausalisa's family and loved ones. It's horrible, but there's a lot of horrible things happening. Uh, again, the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, mm-hmm. you said, don't wear masks. You said, open up. Now you've got COVID. I don't wish it on you, but you reap what you sow. Okay. I mean, even if you're going to open, I don't care if you open, but why would you discourage, but, but why would you discourage a mask? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like if you feel like it's, it, you're the governor, you have that call. You can say, look, you can say, I don't even want to have a mask mandate. That's fine. But don't tell people straight up to not wear a mask. That doesn't make sense to me. This is a country of freedom of choice unless mandated. And if it's right. mandated, you got to follow it. That's but what I'm saying. Either way, Bruce, like if you are anti-mask, that's great for you. But why would you want to push that narrative on anybody else? It, it, you don't need to draw a line in the sand necessarily. Absolutely agreed. You know, getting back more with Texas, the um, the big thing about the COVID virus right now, the Delta variant and everything else, uh, the Delta variant period is now getting into children. You know, we're hearing about children right. dying. Younger and younger. It's it's terrifying. A Mississippi eighth grader died a day after his positive coronavirus test. Now, granted, was he compromised or not? The, the person, we don't know. It doesn't matter, Bruce. Like, Texas, kids are dying now. Like, what? Kids are dying. Remember, they didn't get it before. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember uh, a lot of people that like because, you know, COVID, like when it goes through a household, everybody gets it like it, it like it's very rare. I've only heard a handful of cases where like one parent got it and the rest of the house didn't. And uh, a buddy of mine, um, he went to the ICU, was almost put on a ventilator, you know, came out the other side and was fine. He got it. His wife got it. Their three kids got it. Now, again, he went to the ICU and almost died. His wife had a really bad headache. And all three of their kids tested positive, but showed absolutely no signs. 
Wow. That's not the case anymore. No, it's not the case. You know, and my boys are going back to school. Henry went back to school yesterday. Um, just got to hope for the best. I went to CVS and I bought eight uh, rapid test kits. You can, you can buy rapid test kits now to take it yep. home. Yep. Granted, you know, 75%, 84% uh, po uh, positive or whatever the term is. Um, Effective? Or accurate. Yeah. yeah. But the reason I bought so many is because, like, I'm having dinner with my mother tomorrow. Right. So take two. I was, I was social this weekend. Right. Okay. Take two or three of those things. Make sure you get, you know, that's like multiple opinions at that point. I'm testing every day before I go to see my mom. Yeah. Uh, 23 bucks. I can afford 23 bucks a kit. Right. I'm testing every day I go see my mom. I'm, I can, I've got to have that peace of mind. Right. You know, because it, now what's happening with the variant, with the Delta variant, it's like, and again, call me parent and call me wherever. You know what? I know somebody that's, that's a CrossFit uh, athlete, mm -hmm. 40 years old. Epitome of shape. Yeah. Vaccinated. Yeah. In the hospital. Yep. I don't want to go in the hospital. I don't care about, oh, well, you won't get sick. You won't, whatever. You know what? It's case by case basis. Granted, I'm in what most people consider great shape and I'm very healthy. I don't know if that matters. It doesn't, it, there's no guarantee. Right. And that's what I'm saying, Bruce. Like, I think that there, I mean, again, we, we don't know anything and I'm sitting here bro sciencing or, or hypothesizing, whatever you want to call it. But in my opinion, uh, I have no proof to this, so I'm just talking out my ass. So take yeah. it for what it's worth. But like, I still feel like there are genetic variables here that we don't understand. That is how it is determined that we are affected by this virus. Um, uh, I, when, when I had my son, uh, we had to do some genetic testing because both my wife and I are uh, a pretty, you know, Scandinavian descent. And cystic fibrosis is, is very common in uh, people with, with Scandinavian uh backgrounds and then we wanted to make sure that our child was not going to be affected by that if we carried that uh, variant in our uh, dna and uh you know that's the other thing like I i'm curious if COVID affects people with certain uh ethnic backgrounds differently because again like i said if you're of scandinavian descent you have to worry about cystic fibrosis cystic fibrosis is a lung uh, ailment so uh, i i don't know I, I mean we'll find out i guess as we you know get deeper and deeper into this pandemic we are always finding out more but but bruce like every week we come on the show and there are new things that are more and more terrifying I thought we were knee deep. Now we're up to our neck. You know, the bottom line is, is that, uh, listen, I don't want to close down. I want the economy to survive. I want the economy to thrive. Right. Um, right now, Texas alone had to request five mortuary uh, trailers. They don't have room in the mortuaries. They had to, they had to order five mortuary trailers right. to house the friggin' bodies of the people yeah. that are dying from this damn thing. See, this is what's okay. a, a little bit scary, Bruce. Like, think about it's where like we were. It's a holocaust, TJ. Uh, uh, that's a little, that's a, uh, little, a little, that's, yeah, that, I, I don't like that comparison chemical, because. Chemical, that, because that's purposeful. Pardon me, scratch that sentence. Right, right. But what I would say is. I'm very emotional about it. it I, and I get it. I mean, Bruce, like, that's the thing. I think that we've come out the other side of this to a certain extent to where we feel like we've been relieved of some of that stir crazy cabin fever that we've had. But here's the right. problem. You know, we live in Southern California where it's perpetually summer, like honestly, like well, growing up in the Midwest, like it's always nice here. Um, but there are people in cold climates that are heading into fall and are finding out that we are one step closer to going to back to where we were in March of 2020. I don't know if we'll go that far. I don't know if we have to go that far, but this is what I'm saying. When you turn on the news, Bruce, it feels like the news stories 
are every bit as bad, if not worse, than when we started this thing and locked everything down. Absolutely. That's terrifying. It's terrifying. I think we're so used to it. We're guinea pigs on a daily basis, learning what the hell's going on. I'm going to tell you something. I was in a special class last week. I got no harm saying it. I'm getting a concealed weapons permit. So I right. can carry a gun. You've been trying to do this for forever, honestly. Finally, finally got it through. Thank you, Sheriff Waiver, for believing in me. Right. Uh, it's only handed out about 1,100 of them. Um, very few celebrities. You, you're more than qualified. We've talked about this in the yeah. past. Like, you're, you're familiar with guns. Um, pay thousands of dollars to have this, and it's not sure. for any other reason than what's needed. Anyway, um, when I was in there, the, you know, you know, the, the other four people I were with, you know who they were? Airmen, who? Right. Uh-huh. Firemen. The other four people in the in the class that I was in my last. I had to go to combat range, qualify and all this. And, and I qualified with firemen. So one of the firemen told me who's head up, he said um, up there, they had a big meeting. OK, now I'm not saying this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. He said, prepare in September. He says, start getting your toilet paper and everything, because the, the word is that we're going to go through a major lockdown September 1st. Who knows? Who knows? I hope not. OK, I don't want to see any more lockdown. I want to see people just be responsible. Right. And do what they need to do. You know, so let's I think we've coveted it up enough. Uh, people are aware out there. If you're not vaccinated, I know it's your choice. But uh, the amount of people I personally know through six degrees of separation and I personally know that are not vaccinated and are vaccinated are getting the damn virus. Yeah, especially the non I my, my non-vax friend. Pre typical of all of us, we had these conversations. Oh, no, and this and that. He's been home for three weeks. OK, yeah. Yeah. wishing he got vaccinated, yeah. wishing he was vaccinated. Right. Yeah. Now. And that's, that's that's the thing that I think people fail to realize is the ailment doesn't stop with just being infected. Like when you have covid, it, it sucks, obviously. But when you I don't want the are, after effects, right, when you when you test negative, a lot of people are still pretty sick, regardless of yeah. being, you know, actually positive at that time. We've talked about MMA fighters, a couple of which we won't mention names. They can't right. even do cardio and it's six months later in their, in right. their career. I mean, I know a guy that's, it's been over a year since he had COVID and he can't run. He was a triathlete before. I've said, I've said, I got lungs. These are, this is my job. Yeah. This is my tool. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. I yeah. want to keep it. All right. Let's go to something even more horrible. This whole thing in Afghanistan. This is I mean, these high pictures of, of Afghans clinging to U.S. cargo jets in a desperate bid to escape the Taliban circulate. I mean, it's just it's crazy. And, you know, I pledge allegiance to my president. I'm not I, I, I really I think Biden's doing a great job. But, you know, here it's not just Biden. It was Trump. It was Bush. I mean, this whole Afghanistan thing that has gone on forever. We have withdrew all the past work. All the people that have died have gone to not. And I'll say it again, as, as I said before. It is just impossible to fight religious wars. It really, really is. Yeah, you know, I mean, we have to do what we can do, but it's really impossible. Th this is it. this is the issue with me, Bruce. Like you said, like we did all that work, and now it's for naught. And um, I fully supported, you know, the effort in Afghanistan when it started. I mean, it was it was essentially vengeance and payback for nine eleven. We were searching for Osama bin Laden, and now to like understand, like uh, bin Laden's been gone now for ten years, I think. I think it's 2011. Oh, the man that shot him was on our show. Yeah, but but I mean, like, like that happened 10 years ago. Yep. Um, and, and it wasn't in Afghanistan. Um, I, I guess, like, for me, 
either you're going to have to be there forever in this effort or you should have stopped a long time ago. And I, I don't know what the answer is, uh, but pulling out and then seeing this country essentially go back to square one before we're even gone, really. It's, it's, so it's mind-boggling to me. I don't, I don't understand what the whole thing was about, I guess, in the end, now that we're, what, 20 years removed away from when we showed up. You know, it's, it's just, it's so archaic, you know, when you really think about it, because the Taliban, you know, they've been in charge of Kabul now for, I think, probably, well, it was 48 hours yesterday. So let's say they've been right. in charge for almost three days, okay? Yeah. Women have disappeared from the streets. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're killing women over there. It's an incredibly if oppressive you're not even culture. A burka, you can die. Right. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's religious law. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's hard as an American to ever fathom that because while we're a very religious country, for the most part, if you're not a religious person, it's not forced upon you. And if it is, you can just walk away. You know what I mean? Like Jehovah's Witness or anybody shows up at your door, you just tell them to leave and it's over. But that's not what it's like in other places in this world. And I think, you know, and I'm not putting down religion by any means. I'm not like you're religious by all means. That's you. Like pursue your life that that makes you happy and, and fulfilled. God bless you. Right. Exactly. But like what I'm saying is the idea of having to be subjected to things that, you know, are, are fines, penalty, death, because you're not following a religious way of life to the T by, by the way, you can't just be sort of religious over there. You have to be 100% on point. It's the law. Uh, it, it's a hard thing to understand. What's more archaic than being stoned to death? I, I mean, what is more archaic than that? There's nothing, honestly, there's, there's nothing more archaic than that. That is, that is the definition of archaic. All right. Well, let's continue on with all the good news we're talking about. Um, I want to get back to a stupid as a stupid does story, which goes back to COVID. You know, if you're going to steal, which I don't condone, but there's a saying, if you're going to steal, steal big. Okay. Go big or go home, right? Yeah, right. A licensed pharmacist was arrested in Chicago on Tuesday, right? Okay. Selling dozens of authentic COVID-19 vaccination cards on eBay, right? Wait, wait, wait. Selling them? Selling Authentic COVID-19 vaccination cards on eBay. So, so you can falsify your vaccination yeah. report. His name is Tang Tang Zhao. Sounds Chinese. Not that there's any correlation. Allegedly sold 125 COVID-19 vaccination cards from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to 11 different buyers for $10 a card. $1,250, he's arrested on 12 counts of theft of government property. Okay, so his career is over. It's over. Yeah. And rightfully so. Why right? would why would you do that? I don't understand. The biggest like, sale was $176.70 April 2nd to a buyer paid for who paid for 17 cards. He pharmacists made, make good money. Well, like I don't I don't understand what like like to me there has to be more to this. Like this person has to be anti-vaccination or something like well, why I, would you take that risk because i mean in, unless he's got something going on to where he's like massively in debt and need to come up with, like i we don't know the whole story but uh, uh from the outside looking in it's, it's very confusing why he would take that risk yeah i agree and there's scams all over the place when it comes to COVID because immediately the scam artists are going to come out uh, he's out on forty five hundred dollars bail convicted he'll go to jail for 10 years and back in july another stupid as stupid does a licensed naturopathic doctor naturopathic doctor what does that mean Maybe holistic. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, I didn't know those people got licensed per se. Well, he was selling immunization pellets 
to patients under the guise that they would create COVID-19 antibodies. Okay, so what were the pellets? That's what's scary to me. Cause, yeah, and he instructed, know, he instructed them how to fill out the CDC vaccine card to make it look like they'd received the Moderna vaccine. I mean, come on. How what are you doing? What are you doing? You can't falsify anything. Like, what are you doing? Dumb, 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 dumb. Okay, let's move on to some more good, <laughs> more good news. Uh, you know, this is kind of like a Rolling Stone. Okay. Okay. I have to say it that way because of the subject matter. You are not, if you've done something in the past, if this doesn't prove they can come up and catch you at a later point in life, such as some 56 years later, a lawsuit alleges that Bob Dylan, the singer, sexually abused a 12 year old boy in 1965. This is 2021. Now, granted, if, if if something happened back then, you know, you play, you pay, you play, you pay. Okay. Mm -hmm. He supposedly, um, this is coming across now. So now a guy who's had a glorious career, right? I don't know how old Bob Dylan is now. The woman is now 68 years old, right? Claiming that she was 12. I thought it said a boy, but it says a woman. Oh yeah. It's a woman. Okay. Give her drugs and this, that, and the other, you know, kind of the typical stuff we read about. But all of a sudden now, and I'm not saying that she shouldn't do it. I mean, if, you know, whatever happened, happened. But 56 years later. 56. Yeah, but I, I think that's irrelevant. Um, it is irrelevant. You know, when, when you hear about trauma in, in victims like this, alleged victims, yeah. it takes a lot of time to, to come out. But, like, here's the problem. Um, it's incredibly hard to really do much about this, right? Because... I don't know what the statute of limitations are. I don't know where this, uh, you know, event took place. Uh, I don't know how you go ahead and prove those things. I mean, like, for, for example, you said 1968? Five. 1965. Okay, so to put this into perspective for people that don't understand, my dad was five years old when that happened. He's dead now. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, that's a really, really long time. Uh, that's, that's, you can't go back and necessarily point to witnesses or, or even come with, with facts that are undeniable. It's you know what said, I mean? He said, she said, right. In, in a lot of those things are, he said, she said, even in the modern day. But when you are talking about what, what, uh, 60 years later, 58, what, what did you say? How many years later? Uh, 56 of my math was correct. Okay. Yeah. So like, like we're talking 60 years later, like no one remembers what day was what then um i don't i don't know it's, in, it's incredibly difficult to do much with this i think it needs to be taken seriously i think there needs to probably be an investigation okay. um yeah. but but i don't i don't know what you can really do with that information um in the modern day to to as, really prove much as these things usually take place i'm not saying it's going to be the case but right. uh, obviously bob dylan has a tremendous amount of money i would assume and there's going to be a payday here and it's not going to go to trial and you won't hear about it again. Well, I and if we've learned anything from situations like this is, you know, if there is some truth to this, probably not the only time something like this happened. Yeah, we'll see if all of a you got the people coming out of the right, work. And, it, know, it's so. very, very difficult. It, it, it's a it's a honestly like a, a story that I don't really want to talk much about because there's so many moving parts here that it's a wait and see sort of thing. And uh I don't know. I mean, you're talking about a, a guy who's won a, a Nobel Prize, you know, for, right. uh, you know, writing music and, and things like that. And it's uh, it's very difficult to sort of foresee what will happen here. But, uh, yeah, I guess just, you know, keep keep your eyes peeled for the story as it develops.
I agree. I'm telling Michael when he's ready to come on. I know he's getting out of uh, training right now. Yeah, he will. Uh, I'll just pop on here, so we'll roll until he gets on. Okay, so now let's go past that again onto some other stuff. Man, you got some stories today. I'm not laughing. I, I'm just. I wish I had the good news, but this is the world in which we live. Sometimes. One last thing: uh, fewer people are going to Home Depot, and you know what that tells a lot of experts? It could be a bad sign for the housing market, which has done nothing but go up. My home's gone up twenty percent in the last four months. Right. But you know what goes up must come down. Always redirects right. itself and goes up again. But well, this is a sign the housing market. You know this this, this bubble. That this is a sign there could be an issue here. That's how people look at it, and they're mm-hmm. judging it on the ma- the fact that fewer people are going to Home Depot, which has nothing to do with COVID. You right. go to Home Depot because you need necessities. Well, well I mean, honestly, uh, with COVID and people staying home, you would think that Home Depot might even go up in sales because people are forced to live in their homes a lot more than they uh, might normally be. So I don't you would, know. You would think so. Yeah. And then uh, on a little sports news, I'm, I'm so happy football starting. I'm going to make the big football announcement uh, the second week of September. It's going to blow you away, TJ. It's all I time. think I know what it is. but Yeah, well, you can take a guess, but I can't talk about I'm it. I'm not going to take a guess because you'll talk about it. Um, anyway, uh, the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars, Tim Tebow went in and tried out for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they released him. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Yeah, I used to, you know, it was so many, it was so much fun. And I met uh, Tim a couple of times, a super nice guy. But those lobby passes he threw that just kind of seemed to float. Yeah, he was, he was a running, running quarterback, yeah. you know. He was, uh, was fun to watch. He was fun to watch. And did you hear about the Oakland A's pitcher, Chris Bassett? He took a line drive hit to the face. No. Finally conscious. Took a line drive hit right to the face. Oh, wow. One of the worst I, things you can think about in football. I, I bet you Michael Chiesa could take a line drive to the face and then choke out the pitcher. Listen, I'm Michael Chiesa announcing him. He can take a line drive. No question. There, we are. there he is. His audio hey. is fine. Hey. What's up? What's up? We've got the man, Michael Chiesa. How was jiu-jitsu? How you doing, everybody in training, buddy? It was good, man. It was good. You know, I, um, I took a week off after the fight, just kind of, you know, lift some weights and stuff in the garage to just put my mind at ease. And uh, this week, getting back on the mat, it feels good. Just, you know. Win or lose, you got to have a short-term memory and put it behind you and uh, do everything you can to kind of correct your mistakes. You know, Michael, um, that's one thing I was going to touch on. Since you just brought it up, we'll go right into it if I could. Uh, you know, you're a winner. I consider you a winner. You have a winning personality. You move forward. You're positive. You see yourself with the belt around your waist, which I believe you're going to go for most definitely. In the after interview of your fight, you mentioned some mental – not mental like mental, but I mean just mind – Thing you dealt with can you just express that to us a little bit because we always talk on the show and me knowing fighters and having fought myself too it's like the mental aspect of this game is tremendous okay so what was it for yeah. you in that fight looking back with vincent well you know i'll be you know bruce i'll just be completely honest with you um i just have had this issue throughout my career where um i've gotten to the big fight you know every fight's a big fight but just every time I've gotten to that big fight, something's just happened to me mentally. And I, you know, it's something that I got to correct. I don't know if it's because I get to that, you know, when I get to the big fight, like, you know, when I, when I was preparing for, you know, Tony Ferguson and got injured and when I, you know, the Kevin Lee fight and then now the Sente Luque, I mean, all of those fights, the things that came after for the winner was the title. I mean, nothing's guaranteed to Vicente yet, but I mean, I, I can pretty much guarantee next in line for a title or a really big fight, but, I just, I, I get to that fight that I know is the one that's going to take me to the next level. And I, 
I think I just start to overthink things and, um, you know, fighting's a really, it's a very mentally straining sport enough as it, as it is. And I just, I just think it's when I get to that big fight, I've just had problems putting too much pressure on myself to perform and, and, uh, you know, you know, all those fights it, it just haven't gone my way. So I don't feel like, you know, that it was a good fight, you know, there was good back and forth action and, and, now I know what I got to do to correct that mistake. And I just don't think it's going to happen again. And I do believe that, you know, whatever my next fight is, I do believe it's going to be a big one and it's going to get me right back in the mix. So um, I'll get past this for sure. I absolutely believe you will. And you know what, Michael, thank you for your honesty. That's a big thing yeah. to do that. And it makes you a bigger man to do that. And I want to put my name in the hat to be your muse. So let's say before a fight, you need to talk about things. You need to get on a mental thing. Give Uncle Bruce a call. I'll help you. I'll help you get through that mental aspect of the fight. I would love that. I love that. Uncle Bruce, always there for his boys. <laughs> always there. Always there. And speaking of which, you know, I get asked all the time, the greatest announcements and this, and there's been so many, and there's so many I can talk about, but announcing you has become a very, very special thing in my life. And, you know, I've got TJ and Dan Hardy and all, but you're right. You're right there. If not right up there is like the greatest announcement of all time. The way you react, the way you pull me in when I'm, talking and you threw me off a little bit i'm so sorry it's Spokane Valley, California, yeah, Washington. <laughs> pardon me for that <laughs> hey for the record i didn't even notice like it, it was like a couple days later that i saw something online it's like do you see buffer's mistake i was like no <laughs> hey you know we know now that the next one's going to be absolutely perfect i mean if it wasn't for that one thing it was a night on both our parts it was it was, a, it was a nine out of ten nine and a half out of ten Next yeah. time it's going to be a 10 out of 10 picture perfect shut up. But dude, I tell, like I tell you all the time, Bruce, and I tell uh, all these people like where the significance of Bruce Buffer, I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you guys, but the significance of Bruce Buffer's presence and his voice to a guy that's uh, aspiring to get into the sport, get into the UFC. It's a part of like every young fighter's manifestation. It's like, you want to, you want to be in the octagon and you want Bruce Buffer to announce your name. It's like, you hear that time and time again. So it's just like, it's, there's nothing about this sport or getting in a fight in the UFC that has ever I've gotten settled in with. It's always something new to me. So it's like every time I get that opportunity yeah. to Bruce call my name, each time it's like I'm getting more and more into it. I'm not getting comfortable with it or used to it because it's still <laughs> something so precious to me. But it's still every time I just get more and more pumped up about it. Thank you, Michael, because it's very precious to me, too, my friend. And, and thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah. I, I you know, I got to say, too, you know, my book, I wrote my biography. I don't know if you read it, but about eight years ago and when you were it came out right after you were in the ultimate fighter. OK. And, yeah. um, you know, best wishes and everything for your father. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the moment yeah. when you talked about that, I wrote about that in my book. I only wrote about like eight fighters in my book. And you were the newest fighter in the book I wrote about. And I wrote about oh, your, wow. your instance then. And I, I, I guess something special was brewing even back then, Michael. You're a special fighter. You're a special person. You're a cool dude. And, um, and I guess maybe it's just in the future that we should have these great introductions. But I can't wait to have one of those when, I, when I'm yeah. the challenger for the friggin' belt, man. I can't wait to say challenger. Oh, That's going to be awesome. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Michael's you know, 
I, I was just say, Michael, you're, you're a guy that's very relatable for fans. Like watching your your whole situation in the Ultimate Fighter and just the atmosphere of that show. I was at the Pearl of the Palms when when you fought Ally Quinta. Like, you know, I I, I very rarely cheer for fighters. But generally, I, my uh, interest in in cheering for fighters if they speak English or not because I want to do an interview. You know what I mean? So, but yeah. you you and everything that you went through, man. Like, I wasn't standing up and cheering inside that venue that night, but it was it was something that like. I felt like a lot of people were with you, and I think those people that experienced that have followed you, like Bruce said, because it was a, a moment that everyone could relate to, and, and I think that you have fans because of that still to this day. Yeah, people's fans. Yeah, it, yeah it's, uh, it's, a very, it's, it's something that I wouldn't wish that upon anybody, but, I mean, if that – I hate, I hate saying this, but if the reality is if that night was my world title fight, then I, you know, my career could end now and I would still be very happy with myself. You know, would there be a slight moment of disappointment of not getting to the ultimate goal, especially when I'm this close? Yeah, for sure. But if, if that was my title fight, I, I guarantee you if things, co- if things go my way and I win a world title, I think that I, there's a good chance I'll look back on that night at the Palms as being the best night of my career, no matter what. Um, yeah. and, and, and it's an honor to be a man of the fans. You know, I feel like I got away from that a little bit. You know, you know, I was trying to kind of be a knucklehead and hype fight and talk trash. And I, I just, that's not true to myself and not true to the people that have supported me since June 1st, 2012. So, um, you know, wild ride for sure. It was a wild you know, one. You know, you mentioned talking trash. You know, you're a class act, Michael. And I think I, that talking trash can be done in a classy way. It can be done in a trashy way. And I don't think you need to go there. I think you handle yourself fine. Not fine. I think you handle yourself very well. I love the fact that you're thinking beyond your guns and doing your commentating now, you know, sitting at the desk, preparing for your future when you hang up your guns, whenever that might be. You got years to go yet. So keep he's amazing, by the way. I I want to say that as a play by play guy. I want to work with Michael Chiesa one day. (laughs) You probably will. I would love to. Hey, you know, and the trick is, man, is for one, this is the thing, man. You hear a lot of these guys, especially at a high level in this sport, say they don't watch fighting. They're like, I don't watch fighting unless it's one of my teammates. That's it's crazy. Like, well, yeah. it, it is crazy to me. You know, it's like, it's like to me, it's like, don't you want to see the sport evolve and like see what the next thing is? And so many things slip through the cracks. And, you know, I might not be like a Gravica Hitman and those guys where I'm watching every single show, you know what I mean? Like every single Young Eagles, ACA, or, you know, all these other shows, but I pay close attention to to a lot of, a lot of mixed martial arts and and it's just like dude if you why would you not try to cash in like for me I look at it like this I have like I quit college I quit life I put everything into this sport like I might as well try to make the most of it as I can especially if I if I don't just have a passion for being a fighter I'm a I, I'm a fan first to be honest with you like I was a fan for years before I ever trained I I used to sit on Sheer Dog and like you know, look at everybody's records and, and go to the forums and hit the refresher on the, on the New Year's Eve shows because I couldn't buy the pay-per-views for Pride and stuff like that. Like, I was a fan first. So it, it's, it, I, I enjoy being able to do every single possible thing I can with the sport. It's not just about the money. It's about the experience. Like, I love being able to help tell the, the – I always say, like, the work in the desk is like the prologue before you tell the story. You know, the, the fights yeah. tell the story. I like being a part of the prologue to kind of build up some of these fights and – Someday, hopefully, I can be a narrator alongside John Anik and Joe Rogan and, and Paul Felder and those guys. But I'm enjoying it, man. I, and I'm glad that people that I get positive feedback from my peers. It means a lot to me. Well, I think you're on your way because what you're talking about is you're, you're spelling out a word. It's called passion. 
right? Yeah. And I always tell everybody, if you can find out what you're passionate about and you can monetize it, then you're living a lifestyle. You're not going to work, right? Yep. You're living a lifestyle. Keep that passion flowing. And of course, and I got to say it, yeah, hey. about the puncher's chance. You almost dropped <laughs> that <laughs> bottle right there, Buffer. I saw it. I, I saw that save. I almost dropped it. <laughs> I sent a bottle to Michael, by the way, TJ. I nice. A, I don't I know, know if yet. You know what? Tonight, I'm going to hit a shot, and I'm going to give you my feedback. I'll say, I'll tell you, I'm going to take a video. I'm going to take a shot. I'm going I'm to give you some feedback on it, Bruce. Totally honest. I, I don't want to you know screw up your, your thought process with the fact that we won three gold medals for the finest tasting bourbon in America, Ooh. the finest spot design of the Boom. bottle. I just had to throw that out there a little bit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you we still have to talk about millions, Bruce. I see your shirt. Hasn't slipped my mind. We need to have a conversation about uh, about yeah. the boys over a million. So. Well, my my co-founder partner, Brandon, that I set you up with, have that meeting because this thing has taken off like there's no tomorrow. It got so big so fast. Uh, my partners previously sold two companies like this for over $100 million to this company called Volition. Wow. They believe yeah. in millions so much that they just gave them $27 million in, in VC seed money to build the company with. Now that's millions. Wow. Fast. That's yeah. They just millions. That's millions. Just got millions. That's millions. Millions on millions. Yeah. And they're, wow. they're so fast, Michael. This is why I want you to be involved for one key reason. Let's say you have a great fight night, which you will and have and a t-shirt, like a song you don, right? Yeah. They wanted to have a t-shirt ready for him for millions that night of the fight. And would they ship it to China? Well, we ship all over the world. They had yeah. they had the T-shirt ready the next day for sale after his fight. Okay, that's wow. like uh, that's, that's like Super Bowl champion work. stuff right there. Exactly. That's, that's how fast. That's a fast turnaround. Jeez. Fast turnaround. So if you if you still have that text line, or I'll do it again for you. I'll reintroduce you to Brandon. But take that meeting, Michael. It's it follows with everything you're doing, and I don't want to show too much, but just I think you're perfect for it. <laughs> yes, sir. Will do, Bruce. Uncle so listen, Bruce, helping up the boys as always. Always helping up the boys. I I know you want. I want you to make the million dollars. You know me. I want you to make a million dollars every time you walk in the octagon or whatever they're paying you. I want it to be as much as possible. But I just don't want you to look forward to your fight night ticket. I want you to be making yeah. money all the time, right? Yes, sir. That's the name of the game. It's good. called cash flow. Cash flow is king, baby. Cash flow is king. <laughs> That's right. So, Michael, we've got the future here. You know, a typical question from everybody who interviews you after a fight. Where do you see next? Like, what do you think would be the best fight for you next? And has the UFC even contacted you yet about anything? Um, You know, my agent reached out to me and was just kind of like, hey, you know, I don't want to see you, see you marinate on this loss too long. And I'm like, I don't either. Um, I like the December timeline. Um, you know, it gives me time to, to do a few death shows, do a little commentary for LFA. Um, I got my teammate Brady fighting next week in the Ultimate Fighter finale. And also, you know, I just a little bit of me time. You know, I spent a lot of time in Las Vegas this camp. So I think December fits the timeline. Um, in terms of opponents, man, um, I mean, I, I honestly think I don't really want to. I want to stay right in the thick of things. I think that a fight with Wonderboy makes a lot of sense. You know, he's a super class act. He's ultra tough. Um, could be an even tougher matchup for me than Vicente Luque. But I'm right on the brink of getting back in the top five and so i, I gotta take those fights that are gonna get me right there so i think that's a fight that makes sense um you know we'll see what happens you never know um but just any anybody within that realm of 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 the top five i think that that's where i need to be this, this, this is awesome this is the thing that I, that i feel about mixed martial arts and what makes mixed martial arts so great is when you lose an mma 
honestly, it's not that big of a deal. And this was a loss where you know, I, I said before you came on, Michael, that this was the uh, Czech Congo and Pat Barry fight yeah. with submissions. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it looked like you had him, and then he caught you. Uh, obviously, Vicente moves up. You're, t- to me, maybe you don't have a, a number five or higher next to your name, but you're still top five. Your next fight should yeah. be against a top five contender. And, and yeah. again, you take a step back, but your next fight's not going to be any easier. And that's what I love about MMA because you're still very much, like you said, in the thick of things. And, you know, maybe one or only maybe maybe only one more win and, and you could be fighting uh, for a title. You don't know. That's how MMA works. And, and that's why it's so, so great. And, um, you know, the king of combat sports, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's it. It's going to be good to see how things shake out. You know, you got Kamara fighting Covington. You know, Leon's waiting in the wings. Um, you know, who knows what they're going to do with Gilbert, maybe Masvidal, who knows, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's, there's things that are moving around within the division. Um, but yeah, just, I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's like, I just, I feel like if I can get the right fight and I can go out and have a good performance, I, I think that it could propel me right, right into a title fight, you know, and I, I heard a lot of things, a lot of rumblings that, um, you know, there were talks if I bought, if I beat the Sente that I was going to be the number one contender, um, Maybe those were things that got in my head, but it's like if that be if that was being considered before the fight, you know, I'm right on the brink. And 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 I had heard that Dana was really happy with the fight and was basically like, hey, get him whatever fight he wants, get him that fight, you know. So I'm glad that the boss was happy, the fans were happy, my peers were happy, um, and I'm healthy. You know, most guys that Vicente Luque beat, <laughs> I'd be still looking like Mr. Potato Head. So um, <laughs> I have a I funny am, uh, feeling. I have a very funny feeling that you're going to face Vincent Luque again. Yeah, well, there's, there's no doubt. And he's a class act. We had a fun fight. And I think that him and I, um, you know, this isn't me saying something to, like, you know, devalue his win. It's nothing like that. But I just think that him and I, even though we're a contrast in styles, I think that him and I are like a coin flip fight. I think him and I are like, you've run that fight over 10 times, you know, it's like, he beats me six. I beat him four. Maybe we go five and five. You know, I think that it's a, it's a, we're very evenly matched. Yep. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um, with uh, the situation coming up and all this, you know, there's a lot of things happening around in the news. I wanted to tell you guys one thing. Did you hear about Brenda Schaub saving three children involved in a fatal car wreck? No, I did not. Yeah. I did not. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. Little credit to Brendan here, you know, and Brendan. For those that know or don't know Brendan, I mean, obviously, a very successful comedian and and com. Uh, what would we say? Teach? Is a commentator or interviewer or what? what, what I, I would say he's a he's a personality more than anything because he's not a commentator. Uh, I, I don't necessarily feel like he's an analyst per se. He does analyze the sport, but it's in, in a manner where it's a lot less uh, informal than say what like what Michael does. Um, not to devalue what he does, but it, it, yeah. it's in a different sort of vein. It's not the same. Well, no. give, him a, give him some credit here. Um, I remember reading a story about this, about Tom Cruise. And of course, other people have done this too. But he was driving down the highway uh, to a restaurant with his girlfriend on August 12th, right? Around 7 p.m. And he saw an 18-wheeler and a mangled 2003 Lincoln that were involved in a serious accident. There was a child sitting on top of the vehicle screaming for assistance. Right? Wow. He was around. He pulled over, wow. immediately sprang into action rushed to the car to help. He saw a shoeless man run from another smashed car across the highway who was again hit by another vehicle, leaving him stunned on the ground. This is like oh a my God. thing going on. Wow. But he went ahead and busted out the window and removed the kids from the car. He said the big rig's gas tank was punctured, spilling gasoline all over the road. We know what could happen from that. The mother of the kids was sitting in the front seat. She was dead before he arrived. 
but he made sure that her children did not see the traumatic scene and, and, and got them to leave the car. Kudos, kudos to Brendan Schaub. Right. In a is world it, full of uh, bad news, that's the type of stuff we need to hear. I mean, Brett may or may the, these children's mother rest in peace, but I mean, in a world full of COVID and war yeah. and things like yeah. that, those are the types of things I like to hear. You know, good, good on Brandon Shaw, man. Good on, good on him. Crazy you mentioned all that because that's all we talked about before he came on was COVID and Afghanistan. And all, <laughs> I, I was searching you, for good news to find. You, you're the bright spot of our yeah. day, Michael. You don't yeah, understand. I, yeah, we're definitely going to end well, up this, with Michael. Dude, that's, yeah, that's an honor. I've been staying away from the TV as much as I can. It's it's a crazy, it's like an ever-evolving, you know, train wreck going on right now. It's just like, it's not one thing, it's another, you know? I know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I only watch dealing. fights now at this point. Like, I'm just <laughs> tuned into Fight Pass 100% of the time. Not a bad move. Not a bad move at all. Uh, Michael, what's what do you do when you're off time? What is your what, aside from fighting and training? I mean, Michael Chiesa, what does he do? What makes him think? Tell me. What what what, is, what do you enjoy? What's your hobbies? Well, if, if aside from beautiful so, women, what do you enjoy? Aside from aside from my aside from beautiful women and uh, partying, <laughs> you know, I really love snowboarding, man. When it's winter outside, we I don't live by the ocean, so I say that this is like uh, snowboarding to me is like you know surfing if you live in California. So. I That's spend a lot of time That's on the mountain, um, a lot of time on the mountain. And then in the summer, man, I just really like to kind of, I, you know, I own some property out in Washington and uh, yeah, I live in a log house. So there's always work to be done. So I just like to work around the house, do projects. And every end of the end of the summer for us is usually like the one time of the year where I get to just not be the fighter. When I just got to step away from who I am, I go to Dave Matthews at the gorge for three days, three straight days of Dave Matthews, with me and my fiance and our friends and, have a, a good moment to just kind of cut loose and uh you know love each other and stuff like that so i just really man i just my hobbies are just soaking life up i just i, I don't have children i don't have um all i have is my fiance my two dogs and my fighting career and uh outside of that man i just like to soak it all in and just live my life are, are you sure that property's not in california <laughs> you had to say it sorry i had to <laughs> <laughs> I deserve it. I deserve it. And I hope your fiance doesn't get mad at me when I said beautiful women because I, I have met her. No, she knows, Bruce. She knows. She was my best friend for five years before we ever got engaged. And to be quite honest with you, she helped me pull a lot of ass. So it's like, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best story ever. Yeah, you know, so that's, that's also what makes our relationship function so well. Is she's like, you know, you start dating a chick and they find out how big of a player you used to be. And they just, you know, she's like, a girl goes and says some nurse is like, cool, tell me something I don't know. I've seen it all. I've been there. I was in the trenches with him, you know, so. Uh, yeah. You have to marry this woman, Michael. My God. Oh, yeah. She's, Michael, she, I, she's so great. I she's come from so a bit great. of the same school. And when I've been serious with a girlfriend, you know, and, and the uh, fun past that I've had myself, it's like I want them just to appreciate I'm with you. Okay. Be happy yeah. I went through all that. Okay, because I'm yeah. not going to be a, ten years from now saying I didn't go through that and I need to go through that now. No, I've got yeah. you. I've got you. That's the key, right? hundred percent. You know, and she's and she has a lot of confidence in me too. Like, you know, when I'm at home, I'm never out doing stuff, or she's like wondering where I am. You know, I don't leave her. She she has full confidence and trust in me, and there's never any point where like the, the, where the trust would ever be breached. Like, if I was like you know out on the road, or I'm doing my commentary stuff. I would suck at it if I was out partying and screwing around, but it's the fact of the matter is I go work, I go back to my hotel, I relax, you know? So it's like, I, you know, it's, I, I found the winner. So I would, I'd be a dumbass to fuck this thing up. Pardon Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. The, very warranted use of the word. I love it. Yeah. 
You don't want to be like Paulo Costa and drink a bunch of wine before your fight. Let's just put on that announcement. No, oh, no, 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 no. No, and the cool thing too is she's a huge fan of the sport. Like she, like she, uh, you know, actually the first time I met her was actually at my tough finale. Speaking of that, I was dating her wow. friend, and I was dating her friend, and she came down to watch. And uh, so that was when I first met my fiance. I was actually dating her friend. They came to watch the finale. So oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so she's a huge fan of the sport. It, it makes it easy. Like we sit together and watch fights like i don't study my fights by myself i'm not like having to go down to the basement because she wants to watch hctv you know she's like if i gotta study fights she's like oh cool what are we watching you know like she's she's into the sport as much as i am you know so it's like every weekend you know if we're at a family function we're we're the couple that's huddled over a phone in the corner watching espn plus because we don't ever miss the fights you know so it's like we're that that makes it help a lot because a lot of women they, they want to be first but she understands that fighting comes first, but we also share that passion together. That's important. So for my wife and I, we've been together now for 16 years, and we uh, first got together on our first dates. We're watching the first season of The Ultimate Fighter on Monday nights. And because of that, uh, she lets me do my job and, and, and travel all over the place because she, she gets it. But, man, like that goes to sort of further prove what we were talking about earlier, Michael. Like Mixed martial arts, it, it's a lifestyle. Like I, I, You kind of have to be all in on it, whether you're a fan, like the, the Gravaka hitman who you're throw, you know, giving shout-out here uh or, yeah. or fighters or you know people like bruce myself uh people that that you know are just immersed in this thing hey listen i have a very special friend for years now one of the one of the things we love to do when i get back after a good show is that she wants to see the show and i have no problem because of course i want to watch the show again it's it's a great it's a great night when you got somebody you can share a night with that loves what we do you know and, and is into it and can name the names name the moves and even perform the moves it's awesome does she train your lady? No, she doesn't. She's on the fence. You know, she's like, there's some days she wants to try it. There's some days she doesn't. Um, but she, I mean, dude, she's super athletic. Like she's, we have a pretty sweet home gym. I put a bunch of money in dude. So she's like, she's out there working out one, once or twice a day. She's super fit. She's super strong. I'm like, you'd be surprised if you get in there and train with these girls. I mean, she watches this sport enough and, and you know, she's got cardinal knowledge of, of what goes on. So it's like, I think she'd do pretty well, but I know it's best to not like uh, try to push them towards it. You just kind of, you know, dangle it in their face a little bit until they decide to, to just try. I think if I bought her like a really cool looking gi, I think she's like, oh my God, that's cool looking. I, I, I got to wear it. I'm like, well, there's only one place you can wear it. You can't really trot around the house in a karate suit. You got to go to the gym. So maybe, maybe I'll do that. Get her a Jean LaBelle pink gi. Maybe she'll like that. But besides that, she gets to roll with you multiple times a week. So I'm sure she's getting some kind of training. Absolutely. Shout out to Judo Jean. I have a funny story about Judo Jean LaBelle. I, uh, when Ronda Rousey fought Sarah McMahon, um, my buddy Michael Mardonis, people know him as Lazy the Savage, um, I went and met up with him and I went and hung out with them at Wayne. So I was with Ronda, Edmund, Judo Jean was there, just their whole little posse. And, and so I, I had to go up and introduce myself. Like, Judo Jean, like, you're a legend. You know, I'm just like in awe. Like, this guy, it's like larger than life and just, the sweetest nice soul man. I still has a strong grip, but he had he pulled out a lot of patches out of his pocket. It's like he walks around with judo jean patches and he gave me a judo jean patch. And I have like a trunk in my house where I keep like very special keepsakes, like from, from my dad and my grandpa and stuff like that. And that judo jean patch has made it into that trunk because I'm like, this thing is worth like to most to some people, that's just a patch. But to people like us, like, dude, to get a patch from judo jean, like, God dang. That's like, that's, that's amazing. Don't let, don't let anything happen to that. So that was like, that was a 
very special moment. Shout out to Lazy the Savage for making it hey. happen. Pro- props, props for you, or props to you, Michael, for going up to to Gene because you, you mentioned Rhonda, Edmund, uh, even Lazy in his own sort of way. Like that's an intimidating crew. When they, when they come in the, the the room, it's like, man, like I, I know those people, but I don't know if I really want to go up and say hi. Let me let me tell you. Something. You know, I uh, I'm not afraid of fanboy. I just that's just me, you know. But like you know, I had met Rhonda prior before she became Rhonda Rousey, so like sure. she was super nice. And I was surprised because she's like on weight. So I definitely was like, hey, Rhonda, you know, kind of like in a tread yeah. lightly. She came up and I was surprised. It's usually a weigh-in for me. I'm like, get away from me. Right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a grouch right now. But I mean, those guys have always been, you know, you put off a good energy, man. I, I, I think that you can kind of be good in all hoods. You know, I think that for the most part, like I'm not, you know, I, I'll hang out with the Diaz brothers. I'll hang out with Rhonda and Edmund. I'll hang out with. You know, Gilbert Burns and Vicente. I mean, we all fight. We we can. I I I might hug Gilbert Burns twenty times. <laughs> Why not? Why not? It's like you know, like yeah. If you put off the right energy, man, in the sport, like you're pretty much welcomed in all circles. That's absolutely. Awesome. You know, you, you mentioned yeah. Judo Gene. He's been a buddy of mine. We we play poker together numerous times. Been over each other's homes. I've danced with his wife. I've gone to parties with him. I Gene and I have been known each other for almost thirty years. And I get those patches in the mail. I get a patch every Christmas from from Gene. He sends me every Christmas. I get an envelope with that's amazing. From Gene, he's just he's a sweetheart of a guy, and his wife Midge is just amazing. So good people. Yeah, that's my, the beauty my, of our business. We we it's all look. We're martial artists. It's all about blood, sweat, and honor and respect, right? Obviously, we know the fighters that don't go by that code. I'm not going to mention any names, but the people that do go by that code, that's what it's all about today. And yeah. that feeds me, feeds my fire to keep going. I always say at the end of the day, if I could just be known for two things, I'd be very happy. And that'd be just, I always work my ass off and that, you know, I'm just an honorable guy. You know, it's like, I think I'm not asking for much. I don't want to be known as the baddest dude around or this, that. I just want to be known. I just want to have a good reputation and just be known that I had a good work ethic, you know. Well, you've already accomplished that, Michael. Like those, those boxes (laughs) are checked. Yeah. Much respect to you, Michael. That's, that's, that's what makes you the stand-up guy that you are. Listen, I know you got a full day ahead of you, whatever you're going to do, whether it's going to be snowboard, work on the house, or do whatever, but just um, stand tall, be the man that you are. The future is so bright for you, Michael, and I'm proud to call you my friend, and I honestly love every friggin' time I get in that octagon my office with you, and I know I'm just going to have a blast, right? Well, Dece- December, we're going to make that magic happen again. Sounds good. Let's make it happen. Yes, I can't Thanks, wait to see Bruce. the video or pick. I hope you enjoy Puncher's Chance. And if you don't, please be honest with me, okay? I, <laughs> I will. I'll let you know. Thanks, TJ. It's always good to chat with you, brother. See you, Michael. Bye, Michael. Take see care. You guys. Man. See you later. Yeah, have a good night. Thank you. Very cool. There he is, Michael Chiesa. Very cool. You know, it's just Michael Chiesa, and I, I'm repeating myself, but I've been in this game now for over 25 years in the octagon alone, aside from my many years before in boxing and it's athletes and fighters are fighting athletes like Michael Chiesa to keep my, my passion flowing. Oh yeah. It makes my job worthwhile. Yeah. To with, be able with, to back these fine men and women that I get to meet. And, and for the most part, they're all fine men and women. And that's the thing too. Like you talked about when your book came out, Michael Chiesa was this young up and coming kid that we had no idea what he was going to really turn out to be right. uh, inside the octagon. But it, it's because of uh, men and women like, like Michael that this sport, no matter how far we get removed from whenever we entered and, and you know, the, the stars of, of yesteryear, um, the, the stories keep getting 
refreshed and replenished. And uh, without people like Michael Chiesa, uh, the sport would not be what it is uh, today. And and maybe Michael isn't the Conor McGregor's uh, of the world, but that's okay. We don't need a bunch of Conor McGregor's. In fact, the sport would be terrible if we, everyone was a Conor McGregor. We need more people like Michael Chiesa, and uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to, to have him on the show. I like the Conor McGregor that fought in Abu Dhabi. Well, uh, that guy doesn't seem to be available at the moment. It's a shame. What a role model he was in that fight. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I can't I, say that about the last fight. I, I, to be and, and I can't say that we won't see that Conor McGregor again in the future, the, the, the role model. But here's the issue. Is it believable anymore? Is he pretending then or is he pretending now? You want me to answer that question? Please. I think the Conor McGregor we saw in the last fight is the Conor McGregor that's Conor McGregor because that's the way he was previous. And I think after his loss to Dustin in the first fight, in maybe certain ways, he had to dig, dig deep down into that street aspect of Conor McGregor and bring it back to the level he thought would work for him. Here's the issue, though, with but that, Bruce. Work, but it didn't work. What I would have said prior to UFC 264 is Conor McGregor definitely gets intense and he gets in people's heads and sometimes he does things that are less than, um, you know, role model-esque. Right. That said, I would have also said Conor McGregor is one of the most amazing things that Conor McGregor did was lose in the way that he did. He was always gracious in defeat, always yeah. complimentary. Going back to um, the, the, the Nate Diaz loss, like the way yeah. that he handled himself in that moment is what solidified him as a bona fide superstar in my eyes because he talked a whole bunch of smack. He was the notorious Conor McGregor that he normally is, uh, you know, pre-fight pre night. But when things came down and didn't shake out his way, he still found a way to make me go, you know what? I kind of like this guy. I like what he's saying. I like what he is sort of, you know, putting off as this, um, uh, you know, role model type of figure in those moments. But now I don't know how to feel about it. Well, let me tell you what happened after the last fight. And tell me if I said this on the show, because I do not think I did. I didn't want to reveal it. After the fight with Dustin Poirier, the second fight where Connor lost and, you know, he uh, broke his leg. Yeah. Uh, I got multiple emails from Irish fans and uh, a few in particular stating, asking me not to say the pride of Ireland ever again, introduce him. That, that is saying something. Yeah. And this is from his countrymen. Right. Um, I mean, Conor McGregor is the biggest Irish uh, mixed martial artist of all time. I, w I won't say the biggest Irish athletes of all time. Right. I, I mean, I don't want to say that he's the biggest, but there's no doubt that he's the biggest uh, mixed martial artist f from Ireland. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And to have people want to almost wash their hands as him as a representative of, of who they are and where they're from, that's crazy. That's crazy. And and I don't know, again, like I kind of give Connor the benefit of the doubt to a certain extent because this is a showman type of, of sport. You are rewarded for antics, but like, He's got a broken leg, and he's calling out Daniel Cormier. You know what I mean? Like, what what, what are we doing here? Like, there, there's no need for that. that. I just read that yesterday, and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, really? I, I, I don't I understand. Why do you want to fight within your own house? I just don't get yeah. it. I mean, Daniel's one of the most likable guys in in mixed martial arts of and combat people. sports. Right. Yeah, and, everybody. And now, I understand that maybe there's some animosity there because while DC's not openly cheering for Dustin Poirier, 
they're both from Louisiana. There, there's some ties there. There's some excitement in the voice of Daniel Cormier in those moments where, where Dustin Poirier is doing well. Uh, there's always going to be some inherent bias when you're that close to, uh, you know, the origins and, and history of, of, a, of a person that, that is fighting and you're commentating. But at the same time, I don't really think that Connor needs to even utter the words Daniel Cormier because it, it what do you do it doesn't make sense I mean it gets uh, clickbaity websites material and fine, but, but it's just the personal the personal digs and all are just if you it don't just I don't get nice it say about somebody don't say anything you know? I, I mean I just don't get it I don't I don't have a problem with him voicing his frustration or, or whatever he wants to voice but like in the manner that he's done it I just don't see what the point is well he's staying relevant. He's always going to be relevant. I know, I know, but you know, you can pick and choose your relevancy and what you say. But if if Conor McGregor farts on a hot microphone, someone's going to make a story about it. Yep, yep, yep. That's all I can say. <laughs> so you know what? You got your business, you got your brand. You're making all the money you're making. Don't Good take the low hanging fruit though. Yeah, don't take the long hanging fruit. Stand up. I, I'm just going to say it again. Role model, role model, role model. You yeah. Know, my my listeners, our listeners can criticize me all they want. That's the code I live by. So just like. If he talks and that's the code he lives by, well, I'm talking because this is the code that I live by. So don't question my code, right? Or go ahead and question it all you want. I don't care. Buff life. Buff life. Exactly. All right, TJ, time to sign off. What's up in the world? Uh, check out Extra Rounds, courtesy of UFC Fight Pass. You can watch it live, usually Wednesdays at 5 on uh, the UFC Fight Pass Facebook page. Uh, this week we're live Thursday at 5, um, previewing the card uh, upcoming this weekend. And then... Uh, you can check out the archive anytime, uh, wherever you podcast, whether it be iTunes, um, Google, Spotify, Audible, etc. cetera, uh, to search for UFC Fight Pass and Extra Rounds. Fantastic. And uh, for myself, everybody, if you're in the UK, the It's Time Energy Drink is going to be released in the next couple of weeks in about 3,000 convenience stores throughout the UK. I'll make a formal announcement about that. It'll be in America in October um, in pretty much everywhere so cherry limeade buff i need that flavor cherry limeade let's go we have, four, we have four four more coming out i'm working on it i told right. you i would definitely throw that in the mix and uh again thank you everybody i've had a record month on cameos the cameo video orders coming in the orders for your videos oh i got an order oh yay i missed it what you missed it i missed it yeah i didn't have you, the app installed on my days phone you didn't Oh my god! I, yeah, I know, Bruce. I didn't have the app you know, the installed on my on phone. Your phone again. I, I'm. I, I need to be better. You know, like I said, I wasn't taking it very serious. But now that I had an order and I apologized, uh, time to get serious. So you know, request a cameo. I'll say something that you want me to say for money. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> it's not as inspiring as yours, but you know what? I'm. I'm. I'm learning. Help me learn, people. Help them learn. Just make the order. Right. You got it. I got it. Sorry, I just got a call here. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> all right. So with Help. me, folks, um, I will not be at the UFC uh, this coming weekend on the 21st. Uh, Joe Martinez has the microphone. Should be a hell of a show. Enjoy it. Watch it. I will be back on the 28th and, of course, September 4th. And then I have a huge announcement to make about the September 4th weekend when it comes to the NFL. And we will wait for that announcement when it happens. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Great to have Michael Kies on the uh, show. Always great to be the show with you, TJ, my producer and partner on the show. And uh, those of you out there, please set your goals, write them down, do everything you can to make sure you know everything about your goals. So when you set on that yellow brick road to success, you just be the best you can be, and then you're winning. And that's what we're all about on It's Time Radio is winning. 
So have a great week, everybody. Please stay safe. Please practice your protocol. We are in a pandemic. It is not over, but there's no reason you can't enjoy and live life. So have a wonderful week and I'll see you next week on It's Time. Thank you, TJ. Buffer out.